0: It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. And a special offer to I'ma Let You Finish listeners, you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at BetterHelp.com slash I'ma Let You, I-M-M-A-L-E-T-U. That's better slash I'ma let you, I-M-M-A-L-E-T-U. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast.
1: We did it, Joe. We're here for one more show. See, you don't know that reference? How do you not know that reference? (laughs) No,
0: I don't. What is it?
1: (laughs) You don't remember Kamala Harris on the phone with Joe Biden after they won? Oh, God, yeah. Wait a minute. We did it, Joe. Wait wait a minute. Hold (laughs) on for a second. Refresh
0: my memory. Who's Kamala Harris?
1: She's that lady that I think people keep saying is a vice president? <laughs> oh,
0: okay. I wasn't sure. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for clearing that up. I was. I was. I wasn't sure who she was. Okay. Well, cool.
1: Unlike Jesus and Mero, we're back. It's show Yay. number one hundred ten oh. of "I'ma let you finish." I'm so pissed about that. It's so one hundred ten of "I'ma let you finish" mm-hmm. on the Pantheon Podcast Network. Like, what the fuck is wrong with them? Right as you guys are, ri- I mean, the rumbling of a. Fo- At the moment where it's really, all that gestation is the thing. It's like, now you can't work together? (laughs) Some people are,
0: yeah, really. Hello, Martin and Louis. Just keep it together.
1: Uh, (gasps) Too many things. Oh, my God. Look who it is. (laughs) We just started. So, fun fact, we have a guest today, everybody. It is the no, fabulous. I'm
0: sorry, not a guest, a <laughs> member of the family. Absolutely. Thank you, Absolutely. thank you, hello. right.
1: Listen, okay, here's the thing, I'm sweating, cause you know how have oh to close God, the God, window. Oh my God, I'm sweating like it. a
0: fucking crackhead.
1: It's motherfucking Vicky Toback, the <gasps> author of Contact High, a book you should all have by now, but if you don't, you don't get you it. you should. And the new Ice Cold, which is the history of hip hop jewelry, it's the book you need. It's the Christmas present that needs to be under the tree for the people. It's the moment. We're going to get into all of it. Vicky. Why,
0: why limit it to Christmas? Oh, my
1: God. <laughs> <laughs> there
0: are a million holidays in December.
1: <laughs>
0: but we digress. Hi, family. Hi.
1: Hi. Fam. <laughs> Hi. Oh,
2: geez. I love you guys so much. We and love you. Dinner, dinner. <laughs> this is going to be fun. I'm a little shook at every, all, all my... Um, you know, dirty secrets
0: that you guys know because you've known me for so long. (laughs) No, it's all right. But here we go. I'm just grateful to have another biological white woman on the show for (laughs) for, a day.
2: (laughs) Ladies I can't, and
0: take it I can't I, carry the weight anymore, Vicky.
1: I
2: can't carry listen, the weight. I I was born in Kazakhstan, so I don't know what you're talking
1: about. What and then asking? there's that. So I have five seats, Miss Lady. Okay. <laughs> all, right. So, all right. All right. So let's get started.
0: So I'm, I'm Asiatic. But, yeah, nice try. <laughs> to the east, my brother. To the east.
1: <laughs> all right. So, Vicky, because I've never asked you these questions, so I want to get all the way into it. When you started the Instagram page for Contact High, what was your plans for that? What, what did you envision? Was it just, I, you know, I want to compile these, like you've been around for so much. So was it that you knew about this work, you knew a lot of the photographers and the artists? What, what, what was your thought process?
2: Yeah, exactly. I knew a lot of the photographers. I knew a lot of the artists. I was at many of the shoots, you know, when I was working um, in the music business. Um, and you know, through the years I had become a reporter and a journalist and I also had become a huge photo nerd. Um, and I was really loving, you know, the history of photography and the, the processes, not just hip hop, but like across the board. And you know, there's, there's, um, a book called Magnum contact sheets, which takes like iconic photos and, um, shows their contact sheets. And I was like, Oh my God, like hip hop needs something like this. Cause it's also such a good way to story tell. Right. Um, so at that point, you know, I, I really, I, I didn't envision it as a book yet. I envisioned, I just, you know, wanted to kind of like start putting it out there. Um, I was just kind of starting back on my, um, you know, writing career too at that time Um, I had worked for, you know, television and CNN for many years. And so I started the Instagram and then I also reached out, um, you know, to, to mass appeal and, um, you know, ask them if they wanted to have this as a column. And then eventually my plan was to turn it into a book once, once I saw how popular the Instagram got. So, um, I wish I could say it was more intentional, but it was, it was a little bit like,
1: a series is, of happy accidents, essentially,
2: kind of, yeah, and then it, and then it became intentional,
1: right? Because then you you decided to also have a companion piece, which went around to a lot of the art shows and to galleries around the world, really showing these photographs. So how did that come about?
2: That you know that too was a happy accident. I mean the the there's um, a great organization and team out of. Um, Brooklyn that called um Photoville. Oh yeah yeah. Oh
1: yeah, I know Photoville. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: Photoville. And so um those those that team that does that are, you know, uh kind of friends from the photo community and I had done a small pop-up with them. Um for Contact High. They do this annual thing in um, Dumbo, and I had done um, a little installation with them. And the folks from Annenberg Space for Photography in LA had seen it and said, you know, our 10th anniversary is coming up next year in LA. We should make Contact High the, you know, the exhibit for that 10-year anniversary. So I worked with them to kind of turn the book and this sort of pop-up thing, and also thank you to, you know, Photoville for kind of being the connective tissue. And we opened it as an exhibit in L.A. um, in 2019, about six months after the book came out. And that was a new, you know, that was a new muscle for me because, um, I mean, I had curated things here and there, but to sort of bring a book to life into an exhibition was, like, definitely a different animal. But it was, it was incredible and then you know then we brought it to new york had a blowout opening there and then went 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 covid
0: well it's funny you say (laughs) went 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 covid because i took my class i think i hit you up i think i was texting you i brought uh one of my classes to the exhibit so we're this is like the Wednesday before the world shuts down and I've got all, and this is when they're just like hand sanitizer, the cure for everything is hand sanitizer. <laughs> and we're walking around. And of course, you know, they're, Ooh, ooh ah, and the video of the great day, um, in hip hop is there. And one of them goes, Miss Linden, is that you? And I
1: went, <laughs> I
0: said, I've been trying to tell you that I actually am somebody of worth. <laughs> <laughs> for the last fucking year. <laughs> but that was the last time we were in the free world. Because, I mean, we left there and then two days later. So what a great way to uh, to say goodbye to freedom and good health. To oh be surrounded God. by those amazing photographs. It was, it was a great exhibit. It was and then an the book is place. a
1: success. And the exhibit is a success, right? So you say to yourself... I'm not going to
0: talk for Courtney and Amy anymore
1: because I'm too too good for them. You're like, I have the bug for this. Like, your your writers, (laughs) your your, your energy is back. And what made you say, okay, this is a lane for me. And how was it working with so many different photographers? Because I know in just Mm -hmm. clearing photos, I've had for one or two artists just dealing with something sometimes can be really... You know, tricky. And now you're talking about a book. Oh, and there's also an exhibition. So, how did you find that the first time they were going to go into Ice Cold?
2: Well, so I'm glad you framed it in that way because a lot of people are like, oh, my God, that must have been amazing working with all those no. photographers. No, and, no, no, you know, no.
0: I'm like, oh. no. Yeah. Imagine getting clearance from a 100 people. Listen, I mean, we've all worked
2: in hip hop, right? So, like, it's the same thing. People are like, oh, my God, was that just amazing to be in the room with, oh, yeah, it's know, amazing. Beyonce and ODB, like. <laughs> Like, was it just you're like, Dude, yeah. You're like why? I was.
1: I was the one off camera pulling my hair out that you did not see. <laughs> <It was amazing. laughs> yeah. So
2: yeah, so you know, it's like you know, it's hurting cats. I mean, every photographer is their own world. I mean, and as it should be, you know, they've yes. done great work. But anytime you're dealing with creatives, with you know, all their different. Views on the world. Um, you're also kind of answering for anyone and everyone that's ever screwed them over, and you know, kind of like coming with all that baggage, and um, and also just the dynamics and the you know economics and politics of like bookmaking and exhibition making that a lot of times people don't understand. So the expectations are a little different. So it was it was really tough, you know. Right. Um, it was really tough. I mean, of course, some photographers, you know, are a dream. Um, Jeanette Beckman, I'll just shout her out, and you know, a works amongst
1: amazing amongst
2: others. But you know, it was it was um, it was definitely pushing the rock uphill, getting getting all the clearances, getting all the you know rights, and ba- balancing all of that. But um, but the nice thing is, I think in the end both with contact high and now with ice cold um, and ice cold, we have the jewelers to add to the mix. I think right. everyone felt at the end, like they, like it was, they were part of this community, Right. you know, they, that they were part of something that, you know, whether it was the late eighties or, or even the younger photographers, that they were part of this really beautiful continuum of like documenting the culture and that being part of a group book or a group exhibition, you know I think it really brought everyone together, you know yeah. and, and, and so that that was a really beautiful thing. in the end, people realized like put their egos aside and were like, oh yeah, you know I contributed to this thing that's bigger than me.
1: And hip hop like, is a community. It, it really is a community. That's what people don't realize. The same people like your students seeing you and being surprised, Amy, to know that written about all of these guys, you've, you've written their liner notes, you've been there, you know what I mean? It's like they don't understand. There is a small, it's a big industry, but a small group of people really in hip hop in that community. And they, you know, it's, it, through the thick and thin, they usually come together when it counts.
0: I was going to say, Vicky, just jumping on the point, we we're talking about people w- with community and in terms of, you, know, um, I think for, for people of a certain age of which I certainly am, it's such a relief sometimes to see somebody want to do something that you can hold in your hand as opposed to an NFT or the metaverse or Instagram or something like, you know, at the end of the day, the validity really does come when there's a physical hard copy in your hand it really does you know so i think even for a younger um um artist or a younger photographer but i think that there is a validation of going you know we don't want to turn this into a tiktok we want to fucking have something that you can give to somebody and i I really think that that really there's a literal heft to, to contact high and and ice cold in the in the in the the literal weight of the books, but there's also like, that's now there. It's not going to dis- It's not going to disappear in in the in the ethos someplace. It's literally there, you know. Yeah. Look, this thing is bigger than all of us, and we want to create something
2: that will outlast us. I mean, look, my mom was a librarian. So my I mom loved, too. I love My books. mom oh, too. See? Yay! All
1: right. Look at that.
2: Look at that. All the things we have in common. We're white women. We have moms that were librarians. No. <laughs> um, we're moms. But, period. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And so, so you know, I, I always I like to think of things that I do, that, like how they'll be viewed when I'm not even here anymore, you know, or like, I mean, you know, somebody picking up this book in 20, 30, 40 years, you know, it'll it'll be it'll be a truth, you know, that I think like, like you said, like the community, this community has sort of left. And it's been really cool too. You know, a lot of photographers, especially with ice cold were like pretty much just on Instagram, especially the younger ones. You know, I had to like bring them in cause they had certain photos of like a Rocky or young thug that like, you know, was not shot on film. Like it was on Instagram and it, it's really cool to see them holding the book in the, their hands and, you know, kind of all those dots connecting. Because they've never
1: seen themselves like that. They've seen it all. It's been all digital, which is why, which is why, you know, I know, you know, Andre, like Andre's my boy. I love that Andre shoots on film, you know what I mean? And he shot on film from the beginning. And I told him. Andre
2: Wagner. Oh my God. Shout out. Photo Dre on Instagram. Andre
1: D. Wagner. Yes. (laughs) Who currently, he has, he shot, This current cover of Rolling Stone with Steph Curry and those pictures. Steph Curry, that is him. But he shoots on film still and he uses Leicas and Hasselblad's and he has digital, but he really shoots on film. It's an expensive art form. I get why a lot of people don't do it anymore, but to me, it is beautiful to be able to pick it up. Like I have a print of his on my wall. It's like I have great digital photos, but I love. Having a great print that I can frame and have. It's like on listening the
2: wall. to vinyl, you know. Right? Yeah, listening, hearing the cracks in the vinyl and the it's it's the same.
0: See, <gasps> Prince, I sold all, all my vinyl. on my hard. All right, writer.
1: so then you, so then Wait. you decide. Let me do this again. Let me do it again because <laughs> why not? Why and not? You, and you decide to focus on jewelry, which is really brilliant because. No pun intended. But if you think about most people in hip-hop, right, especially from back in the day, or even a lot of pop stars, what's the first thing you do you see that people want? They want jewelry. You know what I mean? Everybody wants diamonds. And it's such a big part of hip-hop culture. What made you decide to focus on that?
2: So, well, two things. Like, one, when I was having done Contact High, you know, you zero in on all the little details in the photos, and... You see the what people are wearing, you know, literally on their bodies in the photos, from the Jordans to the Dapper Dan jackets, right onto the jewelry, right. That that's like a visual representation of the music and the culture and all of it. I also had remembered, you know, from back in the day, working the clubs, working at Nell's, mo- just moving about, right in that ecosystem that we were part of people who wore jewelry, like, you know, first of all, everyone, yes, wanted the jewelry and the artists, but also, you know, you would see people and, you know, you would know, oh, that person can wear that in the club. Mm-hmm. They're, they they have an air of protection, again, you know, on them. Like, they have, they are somebody. You know, you right. may have not known who they were, but like, you knew. So it was, I mean, you in, in New York, right? New York, the street is the runway. And, Oftentimes, literally what people wear on their bodies or present to the world is, is a form of communication. And so I knew that both from, you know, living it in, in back in the day, also then, you know, kind of analyzing the photographs that were in contact high. And then, then also, um, you know, there was um, a film being made, called Ice Cold, which is sort of like a sister film to the book. Uh, by the team from Quality Control out of Atlanta and um, Director karm Gill, and we had connected, and I was like, "Oh, this—that's you know actually a great idea." Like we, and so we kind of started like doing those two things parallel. I mean, the film's been out for a while; um, it's on the Migos channel on YouTube, but. Um, but all those things kind of came together and, and, and was like, yeah, this book is... I've
1: actually seen that. I've, I've actually seen The Ice Cold on Amigos. Yeah. Story.
2: Yeah. I mean, the book is a little different, you know, just because of the format. And we were able to get so much more into the book. I mean, they're limited by time. Right. You know, but, um, you know, so we kind of slowed down a little bit and really went into the history of it and um, unpacked it, you know, on a, on a bit more more of a you know, exhaustive level.
0: <laughs> Vic, I wanted to ask you a question because it's something, um, I, I i mean, I was joking around about the white woman thing, but I'm, I am sort of am and I'm sort of not because I know, and obviously, hip-hop has always been a scene and a business and, and that has incorporated everybody. I mean, the influences, you know, it has never been a monolithic scene. But I know that when I read, I didn't start off writing about hip-hop. I started writing off about punk rock, you know, there was no rap music really when I started writing. Yeah, well we we read all your, you know, cover <laughs> articles for spin and yeah. You know, and thank you. And then I started, I resisted writing about hip hop in a lot of ways because I thought, yeah, you know, I, I love the music, but I'm not as scene. I always had a bit of an, an imposter syndrome in a lot of ways. And I'm wondering about how did you ever have that? Did you feel in, you know, did you ever wonder am I welcome here in some ways, or did you embrace your outsider status? Yeah, that, so that's a deep question, you
2: know, and I'll try to answer it kind of quickly, but I, you know, I'm a little bit of a different use case, if you will. Um, my family immigrated here from Kazakhstan, like I jokingly said in the beginning, um, and we landed right in Detroit. Detroit of the 1980s. Um, I didn't speak English. You know, my parents didn't speak English. We did not have American, you know, lineage or heritage. We didn't know any of the pop culture references. I didn't watch Star Wars, like none of that. What I was sort of born and bred on, one was, you know, being an outsider um, and black culture through Detroit. You know, I, my, my, you know, black music, I mean, you would turn on the radio. It was Anita Baker, Stevie Wonder. Um, I would sneak out to go to clubs. It was early house. You know, I I grew up with all the pioneers of house music culture and was going there at, you know, 15 before I could even drive. Um, You would turn on after school television. We had a television show called The Scene, which was like our version of video music box. And, and so to me, that was, that was not to me. That was what America was. Okay. And, and so I had a very kind of Eastern European home life with my mom speaking, you know, a different language. And then my learning of what America was, was predominantly black culture, you know, because of Detroit, because of where we were. um, so, I guess, and, and, and that's not to say, like, I felt like, you know, a black person. It's just that... You came by I, it
1: honestly. I was... It was the, I was enviro- sort of it was this, the environment that you I was read. sort of this yeah.
2: third lane, right? right? Like, I, I... So, you know, and, and my... You know, I, I tell this story a little bit in Ice Cold, even, like, my mom, you know, we used to have this mall near us. It was kind of the equivalent of, like, Albee Square Mall or, you know, some things like that. And she went there when I was young and she came back, we had like a little gold shop and she bought me this little Nefertiti pendant. And I don't, I don't know that she even knew that it was, you know, like a symbol of sort of like black culture. Mm -hmm. I mean, she knew that Nefertiti was Egyptian, obviously, but, um, you know, just, just little, the way that we sort of operated. And so for me, it was very intentional to come to New York, I mean, I started, like, as soon as I heard hip-hop, which was in high school, which was coincidentally through the punk kids at my high school, um, who had a little bootleg tape of Public Enemy, but I was like, I need to move to New York and be part of that, you know, and I also was really drawn to the club culture that was happening in New York at the time, because really, you know, that was where all this stuff was happening, I mean, the clubs and performances and all everything, that it was, it was, was, it was out so clubs. connected to club culture. Yes. So I was just being pulled to New York for that reason. And I didn't, I didn't feel like an insider, but I was also really used to being an outsider my whole life because so I, that's, I, you know, I, so I, it wasn't uncomfortable for me. Right. It just, it just was.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's. I just, it's. There is always a perspective. There's a reason well, why the the Brits have done R and B in a lot of ways better than we do, because there's an outsider. And I'm not saying outsider in that you didn't come by it naturally. They don't but
1: do R and B better than we yeah, do. Yeah, I was like, wait a
2: minute, they Courtney's do about to no, about to come no, for you. No,
1: they do yeah. not do R and B better. They 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 do a good imitation of it. All right. You know what I mean? Because, you know, yeah. when they come with a soulful voice and everybody gives them all this moment, but they do not do R&B better all right. than
2: we yeah. do. But I, 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 I will... I, so just to extend the point a little bit, I will yeah. say this. Like, I... In Detroit growing up, right, the, like the black kids in my school showed me so much love when I was there, like not speaking English. They were like, come over here and sit with us. You know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. whereas the white kids, you know, this is still like, it was, you know, Russia was the bad guy. Soviet union was the bad guy. And they were like, you're weird. You know, you don't speak English. You're from the Soviet union. Like you're a spy. And, and, you know, it was similar, like, in early hip hop too. They were like, you love this. You're down. Like, come on. Welcome. It was, it was a lot of love. Like it was, yeah,
0: yeah, it was sort of always my experience. And, And again, I'm not even pretending to be that I was instrumental in a culture, but I never, I got more resistance from not all, but like white writers in a lot of ways who only then I did from a lot of Black writers. Not that it was across the board, but I understand what you're saying. I mean, there is this sense of like, if you want to be my friend, I want to be your friend too. And I respect you for respecting me, you know? And I think that sometimes when it's all new to you, you're not coming in with any preconceptions and that's great, you know? Well, also
2: back then, like hip hop, writing about hip, that was not the plum jobs. That was not the plum... (laughs) gigs, you know, working like Courtney, you know, working in the black music department at a major label was not the place to be. Or Wait, like Listen,
1: <laughs> I, the interesting, and this is the interesting part of that, because when I first started at Columbia, I was in the black music department. I worked for, with Tony Anderson, who was the head of black music. So I saw all of the budgets. I saw what the budgets were for the artists. <laughs> and then Tony left and I moved over where I really made my, my my name at Columbia into video promotion, which was part of the pop department. Then I got to see those budgets. And I was like, new artists, new artists, you guys are saying you really love this one, but the numbers were really different a lot of the time. I don't know if that's still the same today, probably in some ways, who knows, it could be. But yeah, you really saw how, you know, especially with hip hop back then, it was a—it's almost like a sub-genre it, of, it totally of was. It was, it, the way it was treated. You know, except for Nas, right? Because Nas, I remember always, especially even from Illmatic, there was something about him... And the way the whole department clicked into one with the Nas project because he came with, he just came where He was a critic's favorite, and the music, especially that time, those records they just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And the Fugees, like they seemed to have a yeah. real plan because they kind of crossed over. And then you know you have some other ones who you thought were going to be bigger, and you see the difference in how they're treated. But it, it's it was definitely. It's funny that we're talking about this because now hip-hop is so big at every label. Hip-hop oh. is, is pop music. It's like the predominant moment that everybody's trying to make sure that they have a it bunch of hip-hop. It is so
2: protected. It is like where you want to be. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you, and even you know back in the day, the, the writing assignments, right? If you are uh, like, oh my God, to get a, a hip-hop thing in like Rolling Stone or Spin, that was the dream. You well, know? I
0: have to defend. I have to defend because my very first hip hop article wasn't Spin, and it was John Leland who was on this stuff very early on. Yeah. But to get what you guys are saying about the black music department, I remember you'd come up to like Polygram. She said dating herself, calling it Polygram, mm-hmm. and it's like, where's so and so? Where's Beverly Page? I'm going to her office, and you'd literally. Take this, like, you'd walk 10 blocks and then make a left and then make a right. And there's the coffee machine. And it's like, oh, look, it's the Black Music Department. Literally at the back of the building. You know, My first
1: music industry thing was an internship at Polygram. And I interned for sincere, what was sincere? Oh, I remember. Yes. That was my first thing ever at, at friggin' Polygram. And that seems like 20 million. All of that's like, and it is so funny because that was kind of the time when the majors was signing. Because I remember back then they we had X-Clan. I believe X-Clan was. On. Ooh, to
0: the East, to my brother, to the East. <laughs> Wasn't there that big scandal that he had a white girlfriend and a white baby? Wasn't that the big <laughs> drama with him? Don't, don't no. be starting rumors, Amy. No, he, I think he's dead, so it's okay.
1: I'm <laughs> <laughs> okay. So she's like, I can start this one. He's not here. He's dead. <laughs>
2: Speaking of X Clan, they are in ice cold
0: with the ah. bead, the beads, bead movement. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> oh uh, yeah, that was. Hey, I want to ask you, Vicky, about working with one of my all-time favorite groups ever, ever, and that's Gangstar. oh I mean, I mean, if I could have someone choreograph me walking down the street, it would be premiere. I would like to have premiere as I walk, playing beats behind me. I could yeah. feel like I feel like everything would just be better, you
2: know. That yes, I mean, Gangstar, that the that group. I mean, that was the group really that I worked with the most deeply, you know, because we managed them, and as when I went to work payday records, empire management, they were the big group that we had at the time. Um, They were our, you know, bread and butter premier was producing for a whole bunch of, you know, groups, but yeah, they were our stars. And I, you know, they were recording hard to earn. Um, And it was, I mean, both, both guru and premier, you know, Guru, rest in peace, are two of the most like intelligent, um, talented, you know, people that, that I've ever
0: had the honor
2: to work with.
0: What is that? my gangster Metro card. Remember this? Oh my God.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's rare. That is that rare. Is, that
1: is, the I'm moment losing.
0: of truth Metro yeah. card. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Well that was, and that album was right after I worked with them on the album right before that okay. hard to earn. Shout but out
0: to D D studios, man. That's right. I spent a lot of,
2: a lot of time, a lot of days and nights up in, up in D D, um, but look, that, the Gangstar book, yeah. Guru and Premier, that whole Gangstar Foundation and family, you know, Shug out of Boston and like all their DAP and, you know, Malachi and like Fat Gary and the whole, there's the whole family are A-plus people. a plus. and And, you know, and Guru left us way too young, but he was brilliant, you know, and People a lot of times, uh, you know, I always get asked like, "Oh my God, what was it like being a woman and hip hop? Like, it must have been so disrespectful and this and that." And like, that crew showed me so much love, so much respect. Like, it was, it was great. I, yeah, been- I
1: no. People always have these weird fantasies about what she is. Yes. I'm like. I, You know, I've had very few disrespectful moments, and it's not usually with artists. You know what I mean? It's like when you're in a camp- No, it's not the like,
0: artist; It's the and, manager. And, right.
1: <laughs> and, and what people don't realize is when you're working and it's a camp, we're working. Like, nobody's there. It's not what people think. It's work. It, it's a lot of work. I want to come back to Ice Cold for a minute because um, I want to know about the process, right? What was the jumping off point? What? Who was the first artist you were like, I'm starting here. This is my jumping off point for this.
2: So, I mean, I just through, you know, acquired knowledge through the years in my mind. Knew that there were certain artists, um, you know, Biggie with the Jesus pieces, um, and there were certain artists, right, Rakim, Slick Rick, LL Cool J, that were just known, you know, for their jewelry. Um, so I just started with this broad, like, who are the artists that need to be book need to be in this book who are what are the, the p, like key pieces like Biggie's Jesus piece, all the label chains, right the Rock nation chain, the rock, the, um, uh, the rock chain and then the Rough Riders chain and the Death row pendant, you know with that a whole thing. Um, so I, I, I kind of started there like broad strokes of like who are the artists? what are the pieces? and also like what is the big story here, right? I mean, even before hip hop, the the artists were looking to street culture, right, to to, to looking to the the drug dealers and the the hustlers and like the the guys that were moving heavy in the street for how they looked. And so I wanted to make sure that, you know, we also kind of started the story there um, because that's that's what it is. And then trace it right on down to today where, you know, anything goes and it's, you know, really, really a whole different, different level today.
1: Anybody that you want that said no?
2: Um, no, I mean, I, I got pretty much all of the pieces that are important and that, you know, I wanted, I wanted in there I'm trying to think. I mean, even Beyonce, thanks to, you know, you, Courtney, and, <laughs> um, you know, and and Miss Yvette, um, you guys made that one, happen. You're so, the only one, person you know, I've yes. done that
1: for. I, never, Thank I want you to you know, a million people, people hit me up all the time. Can you introduce, do, da, 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 da. but I was like, it's Vicky, it's, Yes. I will actually make that call. <laughs> yes. And I,
2: I, I hope that the result was, you know, everything. It's gorgeous. You, the book is
1: gorgeous. It's yeah. gorgeous. It really is. It's yeah. beautiful.
2: So, no, the only person that, um, I mean, there were a couple people that, like, didn't get back. Like, you know, I I mean, I'll just be truthful. Like, there was a photo of Doja Cat that we mm-hmm. wanted, but it was, like, you know, nowadays you have to go through like layers.
1: Five thousand people is true. You have to
2: talk to their stylist and then talk to the man. You know, <laughs> and so they, you know, that team just didn't didn't get back to me, which is a bummer because I bet Doja Cat herself would have liked to be in the book. Right. But um, but yeah, like a lot of the earlier artists, you know, the the photographers have full clearances, so you don't need to go through all those extra hoops. But um yeah we got we got pretty much everyone we wanted in the book
0: well i'd also think that the success of contact high if people didn't know who you were in terms of that gave you a sort of people aren't don't you know think this is seriously legitimate this is something we need to be a part of you know because they're they're can't in the wrong hands which you obviously are not a book focusing on the jewelry of hip-hop can almost turn into like you know, CB4 or something like that. A hundred percent. Right. Like
2: a parody of itself. Right. You know, it's going to be called like bling, bling. bling. Right. And the like,
0: chain will be the size of a ranch house and the guy will be a hunchback and not be able to stand up or something. Yeah.
2: Like yeah. No, listen, we, you don't want, you never. Yeah. I mean, this is serious stuff, even though it's very like you know, look, seems like conspicuous consumption and very shiny and very glamorous and luxury, but
0: this is serious stuff with layers
2: to it. So it's,
0: well, it speaks to the idea that, you know, when people are, are working their way up, no matter what race or background, you are, the first thing they want to do is let people know that they have the means to, you know, that they're making money and what better way of showing that than an expensive watch, an expensive piece of jewelry, a flashy car. I mean, this is a form of investment when you're young, right? This is your, you know, buying and trading stocks, except that everyone can see that you've got money when you're wearing it. And that's an important thing. It's very presentational. Hip hop is very performative and very presentational, you know?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, show up and show out, right? That's part of culture. Um, and, you know, I think, I think that jewelry exactly is a perfect way of doing that. Um, a lot of, you know, people that I interviewed for the book were like, this is a hood trophy. This is, you know, this is a a hood trophy that, you know, I earned, um, and to show it. Um, but you know, a lot of, a lot of folks too are getting, um, a little more, you know, uh, kind of under the radar with it. And you look at watch culture, for example, a lot like Jay, right? He doesn't wear a ton of jewelry now, but his watch game is, you know, on a whole nother well, level. That's,
0: that's that Upper East Side kind of money, right? Where you, you there's filthy rich and you never know by looking at them, but they're stinking rich. Yeah, you know?
2: exactly. <laughs> and so hip hop is starting to kind of, you know, have that, that layer as well. And, you, you know, that speaks to, generational wealth Mm -hmm. and to, you know, really build and building businesses. I mean, a lot of the, you know, folks in hip hop are now, I mean, Jay, Nas, you know, all this is, this is now on a, on a different level and, uh, you know, where it touches politics, it touches big money, it touches investment and, and which is so great, you know, and I always think of, you know, Nas has this line, um, actually with a song that he did with Primo, Um, And he says, you know, by the time you by the time you can afford it, the car ain't important. He rhymes it better than I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's true. You know, and and and, uh, that that line just really struck me even before I started doing the book. You know, because I was just like, damn, that's right. You know, we we come up just coveting things and wanting them when you don't have them, especially. You know, it's it's. And then once you are able to, it's like not even important anymore. But it's it is it is sort of this concept, right, of the American dream and aspiring and ascending to something greater than where you started. You know, we're the only
0: country that has 75 inch televisions, I can guarantee you. I don't think, you know. I've tried. You know, we we have you been to the Emirates? no, I have not. Okay, (laughs) Okay. all right, all right, all right. We're the only country that is not inhabited by oil sheiks. (laughs) So, no, you are correct. I have not been to the Emirates. All right, but yeah, I mean, it's a very American thing. It's all part of our. We were a country built on achievement, and what better way to show that you have achieved something? You know, I can't tell you how many of students of mine, mainly black and brown students ask me if, if I have a car and I say no and they look at me as though I've just told them I worship Satan it's like how can you how can you you know you made all this money how can you not have a car and I'm like I didn't make all this money and I don't know how to drive you live in Brooklyn <laughs> yo <laughs> yeah, the high paying world of teaching and hip hop journalism as right. you know <laughs> How you now. Um, Just rolling what, in it. W- rolling yeah. in it. What is the plan with this? Is there going to be um, a la Contact High and um, an, um, an accompanying exhibition or is the film kind of serving, working in tandem with this? What's the what's the next phase of this? No, I
2: mean, we will hopefully, you know, I have some feelers out right now. There's nothing concrete in the mix, but I do have some feelers out to turn it into an exhibit. Okay. Yeah. Um, You know, I think I think it's a very New York story, especially when you add the jewelers into it. You know, the story of like the Diamond District and Canal Street and all the in Brooklyn, you know, all the regional jewelers around New York. Um, It's a real New York story. So I would like to turn this into an exhibit that, you know, is, is starts in New York and really kind of tells that story because, you know, look most of the jewelers too and I thought this was a cool you know element of the of the story is that they are all either immigrants or children of immigrants
0: there is a lot of them are Israeli right
2: a lot of them are from the former Soviet Union yeah um you know Jacob the jewelers from Uzbekistan okay um Tito Caicedo, he was from Ecuador um Aviani and you know so yeah former Soviet Union mostly Uzbekistan Jews mm-hmm. from Uzbekistan. Then you have Canal Street, right, which is mostly Asian immigrants. Right on the West Coast, you know, same. You know, you have a lot of um, Asian immigrants um, that do yeah, like Nipsey Hussle's jewelry. Um, artists from out there, and you know, I think there's something there's something to that. I think that 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 immigrant hustle is something that is they rec- they're they able to work with the hip-hop community because they recognize that in each other. It's
0: funny you say that about you being know, an immigrant because my grandfather, who was an immigrant, worked in the Diamond District. That's the job he landed uh, when he came to New York, was working in the Diamond District.
2: Well, you know, and it's funny because the other day I, I actually did an interview with Bevy, our girl Bevy Smith, mm-hmm. who we love. And hey Bev. Be- Bevy, yes. Hey, Bevy. Bevy was talking about how, you know, whenever she used to go shopping for jewelry, she would first check the gold prices because she knew that, you know, when she got into the diamond district, they were gonna start the top, you know, the like the hustle of like, well, gold is this. Let me weigh it. And, then, mm-hmm. and she was like, they, if they thought I didn't know the price, they could just, you know, and and it's almost like a little game, right? But like she knew the hustle, they knew the hustle, and so they could, rec- you know, they rec- game recognize game, and so right. let's go. That that you know, that's like a fun, fun story. You know, it's just like.
0: Um, it, you can't walk into cartier and do that no no well that's that's <laughs> our, our collective <laughs> hustle mentality of people who came here or people who have been cl- striving i mean it, this this is and you know it's it's barter culture we grew up with that right we grew up in a place where you never pay wholesale right or <laughs> you never, you pay never retail let, retail you never you know what i mean or you, or nev- you never, pay never let anyone you never let anyone get over on you never Never, right? We're the aren't we the only p- city in the world where you can ask somebody how much you pay for rent without like as if it's like what day is today? We'll just go ha what's your rent? Like no other world can you ask somebody how much their monthly nut is in terms of their rent. And it's 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 very <laughs> hilarious to me. It's very hilarious. Um Court, what do you got?
1: Um, so the book is out now. Yeah, that is and yeah. What's the next one?
2: Yeah. Ooh. Um, I, I mean, I do have something in the pipeline. I, I cannot talk about it, unfortunately, but um, you'll be the first to know. Yay. Um, so, but it is music related and it's, you know, with a hip hop celebrity. So, okay. you know, it'll <laughs> right in line with, with what we do. MC Scat Cat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How did you
1: know? Pia Zadora. Uh, <laughs> is it and Pia? MCC, Lil,
2: and okay, it's it's Lil Dap from Group Home. Oh no, no, I'm kidding. Okay. But but I, we love Dap. Uh, Super yeah. superstar,
0: yeah. and I will now sing my rendition of the one home <laughs> song I know.
1: And on that note, Vicky, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for coming on. Today. Oh
2: my God, you guys, you guys are a blast. This I also
0: haven't seen—I so don't fun. think I haven't seen you in two years. So hello, love you. Hello, and we need to do it in person. I had yeah, the we honor can do that. Now. Of, I had the
2: honor of seeing Courtney in real life mm-hmm. this past weekend, I did. which I- was. Mm A grace
0: and a sight to behold it was so amazing
1: to look at the book it just he was so
0: happy he was just texting me going it's gorgeous yeah it's gorgeous gorgeous it's gorgeous and we should mention that it's on tashin it's published by tashin is that am i mispronouncing it Mm yeah and it's available everywhere right yep it's available everywhere as is Um, contact
1: high they're both out there yeah
0: You know, buy it from an independent bookstore while you're at it, you know? Yeah. No, that's real. Yeah, for sure. And we'll put all the information on our site. And Vicki, we love you. Really, seriously, it's so good to see you. It's so good to see you. It really is on so many levels. But it's great to see you. And thank you so much for doing this.
2: Thank you, guys. Thank I think our next stop is going to be Dallas barbecue
1: for some of oh <laughs> our our ragtag oh crew
0: of friends. Whoever yeah, that was we can that was, was, was an adv- that was an adventure. That was an adventure. Who doesn't
1: love jumbo sugar sized frozen drinks with That's a sex. shooter? It's yes. like that couch- was that was just that
0: that was a beautiful moment in his Who doesn't love a say. restaurant
1: where they take your order, walk into the kitchen, and come out with the food? Yeah. <laughs> Listen.
2: And the people view like the dates. Mm-hmm. I just like I just like looking at people on dates
1: mm-hmm. at
2: Dallas Barbecue. Yeah. It's yeah. that that is love in its purest
0: form. Listen, and to see what he's letting her order.
1: Right. all the it's things.
0: things it's all things like are you ordering from the fucking side are you what? ordering down <laughs> or ordering up
1: <laughs> well listen if you see the henny coladas come to the table yes, you know it's on that okay. Night. Okay. it is on listen. that it is night. on, it is on. <laughs> it's on and with that kids you know the deal Thank you for listening. We're on the Pantheon Podcast Network. You can find us there with over 70 music shows. You know where we are. We're on Spotify. We're on Deezer. We're on Apple. We're on Google. We're everywhere. And hit us up on Twitter at Finish We still fucking hate that name. We're on Facebook at I'ma Let You Finish on One Word. We're on Instagram at I'ma Let You Finish in Y. We're on TikTok at I'ma Let You Finish Podcast. We're on Oprah, because why not just add her? Because she just fucking finds her way into everything that nobody I'm wants her in. I'm on 90 Day
0: Fiance <laughs> starting next week.
1: <laughs> 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 And I am finishing up my cover album of Yoko Ono songs, which I am almost ah! done recording. Ah! <laughs> That's it. <laughs> <laughs> and on that, we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.
0: everybody. Bye, Bye.